Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it. Hey, 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 what's up, guys? How are you today? I pray all is well as my sisters, your faith falls on good ground and produces good fruit in your lives. Have you checked in with yourself? Yeah, I'm asking. I know it's been a while since I asked that question of how's that little girl or boy in you doing, but did you stop to just see about you today? Because life can become so crazy, chaotic, full of schedules, but life will keep on going if you're not here. And so you got to be willing to stop whatever you're doing to take care of yourself. Did you eat? Did you drink some water? Did you take medication if you take medication? Did you um, just take a breather? Did you Have you sat down yet? Did you just rest your feet? Because I don't know what time of day or night you guys will hear this message. But somebody out there, you just been going, 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 going. And you never stopped to just check in with you. See how you're doing. See what you need. You're feeling everybody else's needs, but what do you need? Did you get enough sleep? How are you doing? How's your heart? Is it broken? Are you wounded? Are you elated? Are you full of joy? How are you feeling today? Today's message um, slightly piggybacks off of yesterday's message. Where, you know, I taught from Brother Kenny Rogers sermon. <laughs> and so those that missed it, I'm not even going to share with you what we talked about. You will have to go back and listen to that episode from yesterday. A no one to hold them and no one to fold them. Um, but today we talking about we are not dealers. Yep. We are not dealers because what I've been seeing for far too long um, is people come and they make Jesus their dealer. They make the pastor of the local church their um their 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 local drug dealer. You know, you have like uh as I think of like old uh mafia people. Who was that guy? I, I you know Al Capone was about alcohol. Well that's just gonna show you how much I know. But you know you had the, the top person and then you had like they they henchmen or you had the people under them or whatever they were called. And so yeah, the pastors are the runners. They they're the ones that kind of run the product. But there's the head person who gets the product. Who who dishes out the product, who creates the product. And sadly, we see that in the church today where it's like you make Jesus your side chick. That you hit up every now and then. Mm-hmm. You don't really invest too much into it. Just every now and then. But you come and get your fix when you feel like you need your fix. And you keep it moving. You're looking for the pastor to be the dealer. To to give you that, that dose that you need real quick and then you out. The reason why I'm coming hard 
is because as I've been saying to you guys all season, I told you we'll get hot in the fish grease this season anyway. I'm teaching you about spiritual purity and about what it takes to be a real kingdom ambassador. If you really going to be all in on this thing, I even told a message about this on my YouTube channel at Andrea from Rogers, where I talked about how, um, how are you a follower or are you a fan of God? Because there's a lot of people in the church that are fans, but you're not really a follower. And see, what I've learned from talking to my cousins who are diehard sports addicts. I mean, child, they don't miss not an Eagles game, okay? They are diehard Phillies uh, sports. Eagles, the Phillies, the Sixers, like diehard. But what I've learned from them is that it don't matter if the team win or lose. They in. They all in. They are followers of the 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 sports teams in Philly. So it don't matter what team it is, they watching, they're betting, they're gambling, they, whatever. They are all in no matter what happens. If it's a bad season, they don't they don't stop following cuz they're not just fans, they're followers. They don't just stop following cuz it was bad. They don't they all in. And yet we see more dedication to sports teams in our countries and in our world to your favorite pop star or favorite celebrity, your favorite TV show or movie franchise than we do God. Everybody repping a flag until it's no longer cool. And then that flag gets put down for another flag. And that flag is put down for another flag. And on and on and on. You change a jersey as you change your draws. And God is saying today, I need you to be a diehard all-in fan. Understand, I'm not your dealer. While I'm here giving you this word, <clears throat> I work for God in the field just like you're supposed to be in the field. I'm not your dealer. I'm the farmhand that got called. Like he's calling you the farmhand as well to do your job in the field that you're supposed to be in. But see, when we make the pastor, when we make the, the teacher, the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, when we make these people our dealers, then you only go to Jesus for your fix. And then that's it. You got your fix. You cut your losses and you out the game. And then you back at your regular habits. Until that itch come again. And when that itch come again. Here come another fix. Here you come back to Jesus. To get your extra shot again. To get your extra snort again. To get your extra smoke again. To get your extra drink again. And you back out. Until you ready for it again. How long are we going to keep going around this circle? How long are we going to keep this cycle going? When are you going to decide to be all in. And say you know what. I'm done. I'm done with constantly with the temporary highs. I need a permanent fix, a permanent solution. And you know, the permanent solution is that a lot of earthly drug addicts find. And for those out there that are new listeners, I use practical examples for spiritual principles. So I am not out here telling anybody to get high. I don't want you to take this as a thing that Andre single got. No, I'm using a practical example because sadly I had a, I've had and still have a lot of addicts in my family. So I'm using a practical example for a spiritual principle. 
one thing that I've seen with addicts, they are constantly chasing, I think it's called the dragon. They're constantly chasing that high. They're constantly chasing that fix. And then when their body becomes tolerant to the fix that, that they had at that time, the high, then they move on to something stronger. They move on to something different. And they're constantly hopping around trying to find something that they will never find. Because there's an emptiness inside of them that they're trying to fill with whatever the addiction is. It could be drug addiction, food addiction, shopping addiction, um, porn addiction, alcohol addiction. There are so many addictions out here. And they are trying to fill something that only God can fill. But you know how he really fills that void is by a relationship. Not by you coming and making them your side chick. You don't just pop up every now and then and think, okay, I got my fill. I'm good. That's enough. No, because it's just like a drug addiction. You got your temporary high and that's it. And so you may have felt good at the time, but there's going to come a point of time as it always does with drug addicts where that high is going to wear off. And then you'll find yourself needing your fix again. But oh, baby, oh, let me tell you something that I've learned in my life. When you come to Jesus and we even see it in the Bible, and I'll get to that in a second, but I've taught in that story many times before. When you come to Jesus, he gives you a permanent solution. No more temporary fixes. He gives you a permanent solution. He gives you living water. He gives you the bread of life. He gives you the breath of life so that you never crave it anymore because you already have it. You're never thirsty anymore because it's constantly filling you up. You are, it's the permanent solution where you are constantly, um, constantly high in a sense because you've had more than just a contact high. You've had a relationship high where God's Holy Spirit did an exchange. He took out your stony, stubborn heart and gave you a new fleshly heart that is willing to serve and be obedient to him. That is willing to stay so close to the vine that you realize I cannot survive without this thing. I need to constantly get my nutrients because if just like it talks about in John chapter 15, if a branch falls from the tree, it can no longer produce fruit. It's not connected to the tree anymore. It's not connected to the vine anymore. But as long as that tree branch is connected to the tree connected to the vine, it will continue to receive the nutrients it need because it's coming from the roots. It has its roots implanted where the vine, where the tree is planted. You got to make a decision today to plant yourself with Jesus. Notice I didn't say plant yourself in somebody's building. Because when you take this exchange that God gives you, he goes where you go. It says in Matthew 18 that where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there amongst us. And so all you need is another person to gather with you, to talk on the phone with you or whatever. But even if you by yourself, you can still call on the name of Jesus and he's right there with you. And then y'all become two. And with him, it's just like the scripture that says one could take on 5,000, but two could take on 10,000. Or excuse me, one could take on 1,000, but two could take on 10,000. Like it's, it's crazy math because when you come with Jesus, oh, you come with a whole army of heaven soldiers 
ready to back you up, ready to fight for you, ready to carry you, ready, ready to heal you, ready to um, bless you. You're not by yourself. But you got to understand that the church is not meant to be your, your, your drug hub. It's not meant to be where you go to get your, your quick fix and then you out. This is why you always see me talking about um, relationship. Because that's what God says in his entire Bible. He wants relationship. And as I give again another practical example for the spiritual principle. If you are married or if you... um. See somebody, you know, let's because I know some maybe some people that's like, well, I'm not happily married. So let me take that out and let me just go back to the basics that we all have experienced. If you find somebody you like and you want to start dating them, whether it's to date them to get married or you just want to start dating them and have a companion, whatever it is, everybody has their own different preferences. But you start, you find somebody and you like, I'm really interested in that person. I want to get to know that person. If y'all go on one date. And it was amazing and it was wonderful and you enjoyed it and you want to, um, you, you, you just really want to, um, you know, continue feeling that feeling that you felt that night and you don't hear from them again for another year. Do you have a relationship with them? You don't hear from them again until next month. Do you have a relationship with them? Even if it's a weekly thing, like y'all went out on a date every week. But that's the only time y'all talked. So for the two hours of y'all date on, let's say, a Friday or Saturday night, or it could be a Sunday brunch, whatever. That's the only time y'all talk. So throughout the week, y'all don't talk at all. No talking, no texting, no nothing, no communication. Then here comes the weekend and you got your two hour time limit with them. And that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. Do you really feel connected to that person? Do you really feel like, wow, I just know this person in and out. Wow, I feel like we could be in love with it. Wow, I feel like I love that person. Wow, do you really feel a wow anymore? If this has been going on for a couple months. No, because eventually you get stale. You get tired of only hearing from them once a week. For that two hours. And if you think about a two hours, and I know because not only from, you know, ministering the gospel, but I know just with people, period. In two hours, you don't really get out everything you had to say that happened to you that whole week, let alone anything deeper. Because think about it. When you meet with somebody or even talk on the phone with somebody, like let's, let's take away this example for a minute. Let's just say friends. If you talk to your, your friend, your homeboy, your homegirl today, most likely they're going to tell you about what happened today or what happened yesterday or very, it's a very recent thing. They're not going to tell you about something that happened five, 10, 15 years ago that caused them to be where they are today or that was traumatic for them or, um, or anything. They're, they're not going to go that deep because right now it's the surface stuff that's on their mind. And so it's the same thing of if you're dating somebody and you only talk to them, um, that one time that week and it's for two hours. They, they're not thinking about anything deeper. So therefore, you can't go in deeper with them. You're only able to say at the surface of well, how was your day? How was the week? What happened? And that's it. You never get a chance to open up the layers to get to know them on a more personal level that you would desire. 
And so the same way that we feel that that void, if we have a relationship with somebody that's like that, is the same way it's the void with God. You only come to him on a Sunday morning service or a Saturday morning service, depending on what church you go to. Some people even only show up on a midweek service. And it's only that two hours. And that's it. You leave until the next time. God hasn't heard from you all week. God hasn't um, heard any prayers from you. You didn't stop to pray to God. You didn't stop to read his word. You didn't stop to share the joy of Jesus Christ with anybody else. Nothing. You didn't even talk to anybody from the church. At all. Until next week when you need your high. When you need your fix. We gotta get back to spiritual purity. And part of spiritual purity is being connected to the vine. You got to be willing to stay connected to Jesus Christ at all times because you can do nothing without him. And I know we see in this world today where people have amassed um, wealth and success, but that is earthly treasures. Matthew 6 talks about storing up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot get to it. Not here on earth because this earth is temporary. Your life is temporary. There's a um there's a parable in the Bible that talks about a man who um it's in the uh in the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, I can't think of the exact chapter right now, but it talks about a man who found a treasure and was so elated with the treasure that he found. And and he worked so hard and realized that he, he works hard to build a barn to store it in and realize that it wasn't big enough. And so he says, well, you know what? I'm going to build another. I'm going to build a bigger barn to store all my treasures in. And so he builds a bigger barn to store his treasures in. Thinking that he's going to be able to have it and enjoy it for the rest of his life. And you know what happens? That very next day he dies. So what happened to all the treasures you wound up storing up in earth? It was gone. Going from you enjoying it because that was your only treasure. That's on, that's the only thing you focused on was getting that money, getting that bag, you know, housing it so that you can enjoy it. And that's that. And so, yeah, maybe some people that, was that, that may say, oh, well, I do it for my kids or whatever. I do it. Okay. So just like that man, if it was the same example. Okay. So that man, you know, his kids got to enjoy it, but he didn't. And not to mention, did his kids really enjoy it? Because how many people have we seen where, just like with the prodigal son, where the where um in Luke um I think it's Luke ten, where um you know he he goes and he saves up, he he's very wealthy, and his son says, "Give my inheritance now," and so he gives his son the inheritance, thinking his, his son will enjoy it, and his son in a sense enjoyed it. He spent it on wild living, and then that was that. He was back broke. So how much did you really help your child? Not to mention, what's the memory? If What if this father would have died? Then the memory would have been, well, you gave me my money. You gave me my treasure. And that was that. But how much rich is it when you have a relationship? How many of us have experienced people that died? And sometimes you experience people that died. And you remember the good memories. And then there's other people that died and they just left you stuff. And so you got a house full of stuff 
that you don't know what to do with because you really don't have any storage room in where you live. <clears throat> but no memories. Wishing that, dang, I wish I would have spent time with them. I wish I would have had more time. How many of us heard people say that? I know I have. I've heard people live with regret that they wish they would have had more time with the person that died. I remember watching recently um, this movie, which I seen when it first came out and I and I forgot all about the plot and everything. So I had to rewatch it. It's by Tyler Perry called um, Medea's, I think Medea's Big Happy Family, I think, or Medea's Big Family or something like that. <clears throat> Let me take this over. Hold on. It was Medea's, uh, I think, yeah, Medea's Big Happy Family, Medea's Big Family, something. Just go Google it. It has, because I know he has several Medea's Family things out, but I think that particular one, um, not I think, I know that particular one has um, Bad, uh, Bad, <laughs> Shad Moss, a.k.a. Bow Wow, in it. And so if you find it and you see that him and Tiana Taylor and a bunch of other people in it, then that's the one. But... Um, I remember as I was watching it, there's a particular scene. Well, really throughout the whole movie, there's a woman that's dying. She's played by Loretta Devine. She has cancer and she's dying. And all she wants to do is spend time with her, um, with her children. All she wants to do is get them all together so that she can tell them that she's dying and so that they can have a big family dinner together. But it's been a struggle. Like there's a lot of strife going on in the family. Um, there's a lot of unresolved issues that people just got super under the rug, never healing from. And so every time they would get together, they would argue and they would fight and everybody would just storm out and leave. And it would make her sicker and sicker um, because a broken heart would make you sick. To see this, to see her family is making her worse. And no matter what she tried to do, she could never get them together. And so finally, they, you know, half of them come together on her deathbed at the hospital. Two children show up. She has three all together. Two children show up with their um, significant others and their children at the hospital. And she's like, I'm, I'm sorry for those that, like, I ain't seen it yet. Well, sorry, spoiler alert, but it's a really good movie. So go check it out. It, get past the beginning. <laughs> the beginning kind of threw me off a bit. But when I got past the beginning, it turned out to be a really good movie. Um, But, you know, two of the children, you know, she's, um, you know, telling them how much she loves them or whatever. And she keeps saying, like, I'm, I'm trying to wait for the, the other child. I'm trying to wait, but I, I, I got to go. And she dies. Well, the third child comes. And the third child is actually, I believe, the eldest child. And she comes and she is, you know, so wrapped up in her wealth and her life and her success as a um, successful real estate uh, agent or whatever. And so she's like, what? Like, it ain't like this is the... First time that mama was in the hospital, like, why I had to rush? Like, I was getting this money. I was getting it big. And so her husband says, you know, but we called you several times. And she's like, okay, and like, I'm busy. I was, you know, living my life. He says, okay, well, your mom's in that room. Um, But before you go in, I want you to know that she died. And she's like, what? Now she's dropping everything. Screaming, howling, crying. Mama, no. Oh, my God. How could you die on me? Um, Time is short. You won't have tomorrow. And so while you were busy storing up your treasures here on earth, you were missing out on the treasures that matter most in heaven, which is the people that you spent time with. That's what matters to God. What did you do with the time he, that he gave you on this earth? He gave all of us gifts and talents to use to serve the body of Christ. 
our fellow brothers and sisters and to also go after the lost sheep, those who do not or have not been awakened to the fact that Jesus is their Lord and Savior and that he loves them. Because we have to understand that those that are not believers are still lost sheep because God says in his word that at the um, end of days, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And that he died for their sins. So that means no matter what their religious preference are today. There's going to come a judgment day. Where they will see who really is on the throne. And what did you do with the time that you had being in their lives? Did you treat them how they treated you? Did you shun them? Were you nasty to them? Were you mean to them? Or did you show God's love to them? Were you light in a dark place? We got to make a decision today to not just um, be a fan of Jesus, but be a follower. That means divorcing the relationship. If some of you out there have it, divorce the relationship that you have with Jesus that says you're my dealer and that's it. I'm only coming to you for my quick fix high that I need to get me through the rest of the week and that's it. Because think about a whole week. I know for me. I face many challenges every single day. I face difficult people every single day. So I need Jesus every single day. I need Jesus every single minute, every second, every millisecond of the day. Child, over something smaller than a millisecond, I need that too. Okay? Because this world is crazy. It's chaos. We see it on the news. But if you look around just your life, and the amount of people you come into contact with. And the different personalities that you face. You need Jesus all the time. So no more temporary fixes. No more coming to get you just your high and that's it. If we all played our part in God's field. And did the work that he called us to do. In his field which is the world. It wouldn't be so much of a burden on the church leaders today. Your name may not be on the building that says church. But God has still called you to lead in an area. To be the worker. To be the farmhand in an area. That needs his light. That needs his love. That needs his hope. And joy and peace. And if you played your part. Many of our church leaders today would not be so stressed out. They would not be so weary and well-doing. They would not feel so weighted down. I've, I'm tired of hearing many pastors that have committed suicide or quit on the faith. Or, or rather, maybe not quit on the faith, but they quit on the, the church altogether. They don't want to be pastors no more. They don't want to continue following a calling that God plays in their life anymore. Because they're worn out. Because they are, they're doing too much. They're, they're carrying too much load. They're wearing too many hats. We all got one head. You can't wear 50,000 hats on one head. Your neck will snap. It becomes heavy. And we're seeing that today because there are many people that show up at the building and you're not doing your part. You get your fix. And you keep coming back to get more fix. Instead of doing your part to go out and make disciples. Doing your part to receive what you needed to receive in that moment. And then becoming spiritually mature. There comes a point in time where we all need to stop being um, immature spiritually. 
How long are you going to keep drinking milk? You're not a baby anymore. And yes, spiritually, many are still babies because they refuse to get off the mama's nipple. They refuse to get off the bottle. I'm talking about God. Again, I use practical examples of spiritual principles. They refuse to stop just drinking milk. God got a whole feast for you. Learn it in Psalm 23. He prepares a table for you with a whole feast in the presence of your enemies. He has a whole feast for you. But you like like a Thanksgiving dinner or a Christmas dinner. I just want milk. So you're so you going to pass over this, all this good food. All the macaroni and cheese, all the collard greens, all the cornbread, all the all the you know for those that eat meat, all the ham and the and the turkey and 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 the steak or fish or whatever you eat at your table. So you're gonna pass over all of that and the cookies and cakes and pies and and everything good, the ice cream, all that. You gonna pass over all of that and just sip on some milk? How much? Longer do you think it'll be before you get hungry again? Because that milk, especially as an adult, as a human adult, that milk is only going to last you but for so long before you thirsty again, before you hungry again and needing some more. Whereas if you'd have ate all the food on the table, and I don't mean like clean the plate of everything on the table. I mean, if you'd have took a, a bit of a, a bit of each thing on the table and made your plate and ate, you'd have been full. I know I didn't set enough family Thanksgiving dinners. Where people had one plate, they might have even had some leftovers. I mean, I leftovers, some uh, extra, some extras. Went back for some seconds, and like what had itis that they call it, where they just fell asleep after eating. They was so full, they was like, I can't even. I want some dessert, but I can't even fit dessert in my belly right now because I'm so full. I have really eaten, and then it fills them up for the rest of the night. It's not that they coming back an hour later saying they want more food. They are full. And God is saying today, I want to fill you up so that you will overflow where you're not even hungry anymore. You're not even thirsty anymore. But it is up to you to decide to stop coming to get your your, your high, your fix every week. And so I read this last scripture before I go. I, I had more I wanted to get to, but I hear God saying, just read this one and, and that's it. First Corinthians chapter three. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would the spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in Christ Jesus. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. And you still aren't ready. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of this world? When one of you says, I am a follower of Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, aren't you acting just like people of the world? After all, who is Apollos? Who is Paul? We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Each of us did the work the Lord gave us. I planted the seed in your hearts, and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting, who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. For we are both God's workers and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. 
Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves if you think you are wise by this world's standards. You need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise. He knows they are worthless. So don't boast about following a particular human and leader. For everything belongs to you whether Paul or Apollos or Peter or the world or life and death or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. I'm not going to read John 15, but go read John 15. If you want to see real flowing of God constantly in your life, you got to stay connected to the vine. And when you finish reading John 15, then go read um, John chapter 4, where Jesus tells the woman that anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. That's natural water. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. That means constantly filling them up. It's time, y'all. Spiritual purity and spiritual maturity. This is the season. Get it right. You wouldn't be here today if you didn't feel it in your heart that God was turning on you to draw closer to him, to keep drinking from him, to learn more from him, to go to grow deeper in him and grow more mature. We are not your dealers. God says, I want relationship. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you. Show you his favor and give you shalom, give you his peace. Take care. Love you guys. Bye now.